It's interesting to me that this is the gospel lesson for this particular Sunday, given everything that's going on in the world today. Certainly, uh, if you live in Columbus, you certainly follow football, and if you don't, uh, we'll have two men in a truck at your house this afternoon. You can move. Um, But if you follow football at all, you've been besieged, perhaps even overwhelmed with everything that's going on with a couple of pro players right now. Uh, Ray Rice, who um, uh, was left out of pro football completely, uh, banned from the game for at least a year, perhaps longer, uh, because of the abuse that he uh, placed upon his wife. One certainly wouldn't call it a love tap if you saw the film from the elevator. Adrian Peterson, also now facing jail time or at least some uh, probationary time because, in his own words, he gave his son a whooping. Both of these very serious offenses, both of which at times we can laugh and joke over, One, because we think they're absurd when they really aren't. And two, because most of us have come close to feeling the way those people must have felt at some time or another, and we just don't want to admit it. Now, no way am I justifying either. As a matter of fact, in my 30 years in the parish, if a woman came, when a woman came to me and and said that her husband had beaten her, I simply said, never go back. Let's get you into a shelter immediately. Uh, I have no heart for that at all. Although I am a proponent of spanking children in drastic circumstances, there's a difference between a one or two shot spanking and a 14 shot beating with a stick. And so we have to use some common sense here. But all of this talks about forgiveness How and when do we forgive in a society that is besieged by actions like this that are held in front of us all? And, of course, the danger, I think, above any of that is that we would all judge those who are involved. The one that amazes me the most is the judgment that some people have put on Ray Rice's wife, you say. And that is why women become abused. Well, it was her fault. She shouldn't have said what she said or done what she had done. No, there's never a justification. But even more than these two incidents, this weekend of all weekends is an appropriate time for this reading on forgiveness because most of us can recall exactly where we were and what we were doing 13 years ago when the Holocaust in New York City took place and the Twin Towers were devastated. Those are things that never leave our mind. And at times we ask ourselves, can I forgive? Do I need to forgive? I don't want to forgive. When it comes to times like that, we identify, I think, pretty well with old Peter here. We love Peter because Peter is so human. He's so like us. He comes to the Lord. He said, Lord, I have a problem. I I need some help on this this whole forgiveness thing, this whole gospel thing of forgiveness, this 
He says, how many times do I do that? Now, in our translation today, it says somebody in the church has wronged me. And there are multiple translations that are in contemporary versions of our, of our, uh, of our Holy Bible. But I've got to tell you, in Greek, it's pretty specific. In Greek, what Peter said exactly is, how many times must I forgive my brother? Now, how do we get from there to the church? Well, was he talking about his brethren in the church? Talking about next-door neighbors? My own opinion is that no. I mean, I think there's relevance there, but I think that would be how many times do I forgive a brother or one of the brothers, not my brother? Because we know Peter had a brother, right? We know Andrew was his brother, and I think what this suggests is this is a personal thing. He's coming to the Lord and say, hey, old Andy over there has really done some stuff, and I'm getting sick and tired of forgiving him. What's the deal here? Do I have to do this seven times or what? That's kind of the holy number. Which really, if we're thinking about it, the question here, I mean, if we're going to, if we're going to take liberty in translating this stuff, maybe a, a better contemporary question is, hey, Jesus, what's the least I have to do to forgive somebody? I'm not really into this, but I'll, I'll go so far. I mean, I just don't want to go too far. Jesus said, no, not seven, but 77, or perhaps even better, because there are alternate translations. I mean, there are alternate documents of history, and, 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 and it's been written differently. We can prove that. And one of the alternates, a fairly well-known one, is, no, seven times 70, suggesting an infinite number. And that's difficult for us. It's scary for us to think that, that, that we would not forgive readily when Peter has been asked to forgive. There's a great little book out there. It's called Forgive and Forget. Because remember, to forgive, you must forget. No, I don't, Pastor. I can forgive, but I can never forget. Well, I've got news for you. In God's eyes, you haven't forgiven them. Ooh. Ooh. If you question that, you go to the prophet Jeremiah, the 31st chapter, give or take, verse 35, 36, somewhere in there, real close. I can't hit the exact one necessarily, but it's pretty darn close. 31st chapter of Jeremiah. And the Lord says, I forgive their sins. I remember their sins no more when he talks about Israel and their apostasy and their unfaithfulness. So, yeah. The book, Forgive and Forget, Healing the Hurts We Don't Deserve. It's a neat little book. I don't know if it's even in print. It was probably written back in the 90s sometime. So, but Forgive and Forget, Healing the Hurts We Don't Deserve. And the author says, Forgiveness is God's invention for coming to terms with a world in which, despite their best intentions, people are unfair to each other and they hurt each other deeply. God began by forgiving us, and God invites us all to forgive each other. That's the parable today, isn't it? This guy goes into the king. Now, he's a slave to the king. That's the thing that's interesting. He's a slave. He's a, in Greek, it's a doulos, and a doulos is not just some old slave. It's a particular type of slave. It's a house slave. That means it's a slave who's entrusted with all sorts of things in the family, raising kids, taking care of the, if it were a modern day, taking care of the checkbook, or in Jesus' day, it would be 
taking a piece of charcoal on a piece of leather or something, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, he had charge over some things in the house and apparently had dipped into the coffers a little bit. We have a little embezzlement in, in, in place here to the tune of 10,000 talents. In modern money, think in terms of billions. Billions. Wow. And so the guy calls him in and he says, all right, I found out that you've been embezzling me and here's what I want. Um, I'm going to sell you and your wife, your kids, and all your possessions. And I'm going to get that money and we're going to just take that as minimal partial payment. He could do this because this guy was his slave. He owned him like property. So anyway, the guy said, no, please don't. I'm begging, please, just be patient. Just be patient. Kind of reminds me of my kid before I wanted to spank him. Don't hit me, don't hit me. I'll be good, honest, I will. Okay. I, I got to be honest. After, I, I bought my kids. They're all stepkids. I'm the one that hid the paddle from my wife after we were married. I wanted to be the good guy. So anyway... But I did spank students as a teacher in public schools. Two things. If they cheated on a test or if they were passing pornography, those were the two things. They each got two shots with a board if their parents agreed. In 12 years, I never had a parent disagree. Anyway, be patient with me. And that's fine. The master hears that, be patient with me. And he says, okay, but here's the kicker. He, he, the, the slave doesn't know when, when he's, you know, to leave well enough alone. Be patient with me and I will repay every penny. I will repay you. No, you won't. You owe me $3 billion. And yet after all of this, the master forgives the debt. Not only does he forgive the debt of what was stolen... He forgives him in the face of this lie, which says the guy doesn't really take this very seriously. So he leaves. The forgiven slave leaves. He goes out into the world. He finds some person that owes him 100 denarii. Now, 100 denarii is fairly significant. A denarii is a day's wage. that's, That's a definition that takes it in any economic state, any place, at any time. It actually was one silver coin, but that was a day's wage. So we can say a day. So whatever you make in a day, that's a denarii. And he owed, he owed him a hundred of those, and that is payable. It's not comfortable. It's not easy, but it's doable. And the guy said, "Please be patient with me, and I will repay you." He used exactly the same words that the predecessor used and was forgiven. And in spite of that, the guy says, "No." I'm going to put you in jail till you repay me every cent you owe me. Well, he can't repay him if he's in jail. He can't earn anything. And you know the rest of the story. But what's interesting is this challenge in us, does it not? Jesus Christ paid the billions. He didn't just forgive and forget. He paid with his own body and blood for our sin. And yet there are times when we just can't and won't let go. And that, I think, my friends, is the gospel. I want to let go. I want to let go, but I can remember that day as horrifically as if it were an hour ago and watch those buildings crumble.
I want to let go of that time years ago when in front of a gymnasium full of people, one of the parents of one of my basketball players announced to everyone that I was, and perhaps true in this, but regardless it hurt, the worst basketball coach he'd ever seen. I want to let go like my mother-in-law did. And I'm an only child, and I'm, I'm proud of that. I have no guilt about being spoiled when I was young. It was wonderful. <laughs> you people born in litters, that's your tough luck. I don't care. <laughs> my, wife, my wife had four sisters, five girls, her mother. There were six of them, and her, her uh, stepfather died a young man. You can understand why. Actually, my... Uh, my wife's real father was killed by a drunk driver when Judy was a baby. And my mother-in-law never held ill will to that driver. A woman who was left alone um, in the 30s without a husband and with two little babies. She didn't prosecute. She didn't litigate. She forgave. And years later, people ask her about that. And, of course, she remarried in a few years and had three more children and had a wonderful life. And Helen had the strength of faith to say there was no need to prosecute. That poor man had to live with what he did for the rest of his life. That is forgiveness. That is the gospel. That's what Jesus demands of us because it's what God did for us. And it's not always easy. But then I struggle because sometimes I can't forgive, even though I know I should, even though you've told me, Lord, it's tough. And it may take a while. Be patient. And then I think about the lie that the servant told him. I'll pay back every penny. I can't, but I can embrace the fact that it was all paid back through Jesus Christ. And that gives me strength, knowing that Peter was forgiven. Peter, who wanted to know what was the least he could do. Peter, who would deny our Lord three times. And all of this after God had given him the keys to the kingdom. Chapter 16 in Matthew's Gospel. Peter proclaimed Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, For that I will build my church on this faith, this rock of faith, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom. And you and I have those keys through this water of baptism, through the, the body and blood that we will share in just a few joyous moments. I don't know if I can always forgive but I do know that I am always forgiven. May you embrace that forgiveness. May that strengthen you. May that lead you each day of your life. Amen.